Well, hello, God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. Today, we are going to be spending some time again here uh, looking at some scriptures and um, the, com the chat room, the comments are open if you want to leave a comment or uh, ask any questions or anything like that in regards to what we're talking about. And I do specify that we like to stay kind of on topic here uh, in regards to the questions um, to the best that we can. So today um, we will be looking at Acts chapter 19 and discussing that. So um, if you're in a position where you can do so, and I say that just in case maybe you're driving, you've come upon this not as a live video, but you've come upon this teaching as a recording. Um, you know, you obviously, if you're driving, you cannot uh, pick up your Bible. But if you are in a position where you can do so, do pick up a Bible and follow along with us. It's important that you read the Word of God for yourself as well. I see we have, um, there's, there's a few of you on here, but uh, I won't know who you are on there unless you say hello. And if you want to say hello in the comment, um, then I can acknowledge that you're there and know that who you are that is watching. But if you want to remain anonymous, that's fine too. Also with that in mind, um, like I said, the comment, the chats, are, the chat room's open, whatever you want to call it. But um, if you want, you can uh, email me a question as well. Um, to Dave at aloveoutreach.com. And uh, if you know, that's another way you can ask a question if you don't want, you know, me to, or you don't want to be seen that you are asking a question. But uh, I see Isaac Chapel is joining us from Oregon again. Hello, welcome back, Isaac. I know the last time, uh, last Wednesday night, your family was getting ready to be in the process of moving. Um, hopefully, if that's done with. Uh, hopefully that's all going well and smoothly for you guys. I have Kevin Nelson Sr. watching from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It's good to have you here as well, Kevin. And um, yeah, so if you're just joining me and you didn't hear me in the beginning, I said we're going to be taking a look at some scriptures found in Acts chapter 19. Now, let me just mention that I did record a complete study on Acts chapter 19, and I'll mention that again at the end here um, for people that join in later, but there is a complete study of Acts chapter 19 that I just posted today. I'm actually just within the last half hour here um, that it you know might even still be processing. I don't know. I haven't looked back at it, but you can find the complete teaching on the entire chapter, which we won't do tonight. We're just going to go through, oh, maybe about 20 of the verses here. So, Acts chapter 19. Hello, Gwen Halstead, also watching from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Happy birthday to you. Um, like I said, I, I texted you happy birthday earlier. And I cannot believe you're 28, but that's awesome. It makes me 38. So I actually like that you're 28. So happy birthday to you though, Gwen. And Aunt Penny says happy birthday as well. Gwen is my niece. So, let's go ahead and start reading in Acts chapter 19. And it says, And it happened 
while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Now, I know we're kind of jumping in on the middle of something here with this study tonight, but there's a topic that I want to get into tonight. So, you know, as I read verse one, and it says, and it happened, well, where do we just come from? Well, we just came from Acts chapter 18, and we do have all the teachings of Acts 1 through 18 available on YouTube as well as on, as in podcast format um, out on the various podcast platforms if you want to listen to that. Um, so Isaac Chapel from Oregon says, happy birthday to Gwen. So anyway, so we're picking up on this. And like I kind of mentioned, I believe I mentioned this last week. You got to keep in mind when you're reading the Bible that uh, sometimes you're, it's like you're reading other people's mail. In this case, the book of Acts was written by Luke, and he's given us just a blow-by-blow blow detail of all the things that happened or as much as he could write about it. Surely wasn't all the things that happened, but he's given us a lot of details on what was happening in the early church. The early church simply meaning those believers that first came to faith in Jesus Christ, what was happening in their lives. And here we're reading about the Apostle Paul and his missionary journey as he was, you know, traveling around preaching the gospel, telling the good news of Jesus Christ and all of that. And we, we see here in verse one that um, Paul came into Ephesus and he found some disciples there. So in verse two, it says, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now, in my opinion here, these first two verses of Acts chapter 19 are very crucial verses in regards to how one lives out their Christian life, how you live out the life as a follower, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, just in your everyday practical living. Okay, now just to lay a little groundwork here, because Paul's we're gonna we're gonna get into this topic here where Paul's talking about the Holy Spirit to these believers, these disciples that he came upon. But just to lay a little groundwork for you here, and kind of in all fairness, let you know right that there is a in theological terms right there is a a term called a cessationist. Now a cessationist is just a term given to a person that believes that the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you'll read about here in the book of Acts ceased once the apostles were dead. Once all the apostles were gone, the gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased. And that would be, in, like I said, in theological terms, that person would be called a cessationist, right? So, in other words, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for Christians today. Now, I'm not one of those people that believe that. And I have to tell you that I find it impossible to believe in such a thing, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased. Now, again, I completely understand, you know, that we all don't have the same experience in life, but experiences in life. But I'm going to give you a practical example here of something that happened in my life, again, that makes it impossible for me to believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we read about in the Bible ceased 
with the apostles. First of all, the Bible never says that happened. Okay, so it's it's not even something that's addressed as ever happening. In this, there's not one passage of scripture to support such a theory. Okay, but for me, I want to give you a little story here, and I don't usually share many personal stories like this. But in 1986, it was the summer of 1986, I came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I like to say that I didn't come to faith in a religion. I didn't come to a religion. I had no interest whatsoever in that. And nor did I come to Jesus Christ through a religion. I wasn't involved in a church or a religion or denomination or non-denomination for that matter. I simply came as a result of reading the Bible for myself, which is why I take the time to teach the Bible like I do, because I believe in the power of the word of God to change your heart, to change your life, and to bring you the truth about who God is, who Jesus is, and what he has for you, and what he wants from your life. Okay. Hi to Becky and Jay joining us from Gettysburg as well. So now, as I say that, right, I didn't come to faith in Jesus Christ through a religion, through a denomination, through a church. I wasn't involved in a church or anything like that at this time, right? But there were a few people from my past that talked to me about Jesus. Um, and, you know, there was one, one particular guy that I worked with that read the Bible to me, you know, uh, at work at a place called BF Gooder. It's a factory plant called BF Goodrich in New Jersey. And he read the Bible to me and he told me about the Lord and things like that. So I call that as he was kind of planting a seed in my life, though it wasn't something I believed in, wasn't something I was ready for, didn't care about it, had no desire to, to go in that direction or anything like that. But um, after my wife decided that she too wanted to come to be a follower of Jesus, I then, at that point, I did begin the process of trying to find a church that we could go to together where the Bible was taught, um, kind of like I'm teaching the Bible now, right? Now, I was and, and still am very adamant, like I said, about the power of the Word of God the living word of God, the Holy Bible. And this I still teach today, right? 37 years later. And I want to fill you in a little more on the backstory here um, that makes my point as to, to why I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You see, it was also while reading the Bible and spending lots of time in prayer when I first came to Christ, that was very early on in my walk with the Lord, that one night while praying, and, and just I prayed in a closet at that time, you know, I read it in the Bible and I did it, you know, and I was praying in a little small little cloak closet in our very small apartment here in Mesa, Arizona, and the Holy Spirit came upon me. Now, if you were with us when I did a study of Acts chapter 18, you'll remember that we read about a man named Apollos, and he was knowledgeable preacher and teacher of the truth. He knew the scriptures, but he had to be pulled aside. If you, read, if you want to go back and read about it in Acts chapter 18, a man named Aquila and his wife Priscilla 
who were from Italy, right? Um, but they were in the city of Corinth at this time due to persecution. They had to pull Apollos aside. Again, a good preacher, a good teacher, right? But they had to pull him aside and it says that um, they, they had to instruct him further. And it says that he only knew the baptism of John, okay? Which... Um, as we know, is a water baptism unto repentance and then to faith in Jesus Christ. That's what we would call the baptism of John. It's a water baptism, repenting, coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And let me just interject something here, that if you have not been baptized with water, in water, as a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are a believer you profess to be a believer in Jesus Christ, then that is something that the Bible does command us to do. It is very important that you make that statement and that you be baptized, right? You should indeed be baptized, you know, as a believer in Jesus Christ, baptized in water. But there is a, a there is from a scriptural standpoint more to baptism than just that. Right, And just to jump back onto my personal story here, that one night while praying, the Holy Spirit came upon me and gave to me a gift of the Spirit. And for me, it was speaking in an unknown tongue. Um, that is, it was an unknown language to me. And again, what the Bible, the Bible calls that unknown language as speaking in tongues. Now here again, I'm not involved with a church. I'm not involved with a religion. I'm not involved in a denomination of any sort. I'm reading the Bible, seeking the Lord day after day, like for a whole year period before this incident happened in my life. But here's the thing. When this happened, it was about two o'clock in the morning. And that very moment, I got up out of the closet and I walked down the hall to our back bedroom in the apartment where my wife was sleeping, right? And my wife at this point was not, had not come to faith in Jesus Christ. She was raised up in a church and a denomination, but she had not placed her life in the hands of Jesus Christ and been born again herself, come to faith in Jesus, right? But I walked down the hall and, you know, I got down on my knees, my mind unfruitful, in other words, not knowing what I'm praying, but I quietly laid my hands on her and continued to pray in this unknown language as I laid my hands on her. Having really no clue, I, at this moment, I can't really think back onto what really led me to do that, but it was what happened. And um, the very next morning, okay, she arose from bed and came directly to me where I was already up and reading my Bible out in the dining room. I believe it was a Saturday. And uh, she, said, she said to me, okay, what is it? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, what is it with you? You know, you've changed. And she listed a bunch of things different about me and all of that kind of stuff. And I said, well, Penny, you know, all I did was gave my life to Jesus Christ. But it was then that, as I mentioned earlier, that I began the process of then trying to find a Bible-based, Bible-teaching fellowship of believers to congregate with. And that's point number two I'll make is that that's very important as well. That if you're coming to faith in Jesus Christ, this is great that you come here to hear the word of God, to listen to the word of God. That's awesome. Um, but if you find a local group of believers that you can fellowship with, 
that's a good way to continue to grow in the Lord. And the Bible encourages that type of fellowship amongst believers, amongst Christians. But so it was evident to me, kind of jumping back to my story here, it was very evident to me that the Lord was by his spirit working in my life, through my life, and in the, the, the life of my wife as well. And, and the Holy Spirit came upon her in a similar manner. And she too spoke in another language, um, this language of tongues, right? But it was this along with, and I won't go into all these other stories, but I can tell you, not a hundred, but I could tell you a handful of other stories where I've seen the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation, moving in my life, through my life, and things like that. And again, all of that story, just to say, that's what makes it impossible for me to believe in the theory of cessationism where the gifts of the Holy Spirit stopped. And again, that's just personal experience. Now, just to give you a little background on cessationism, it didn't, it didn't come about till around the year 1600 uh, with a man named Calvin, uh, John Calvin. He brought that theory into the church. Um, and, you know, those things can take root and be spread on. But, you know, prior to that, in the whole history of the church, people were believing in the gifts of the Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, seeing the moving and the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives in various ways. And I'll touch on that here in a little bit. It wasn't, it's not just speaking in tongues. That's not the end all be all. But in verse nine, again, in, in, in verse one here, let me read verses one and two again of Acts chapter 19. It happened while Apollos was at Cornwall that Paul, passing through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they were believers, we're told, they were disciples, right? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So they weren't, apparently weren't properly instructed as well, like we read about Apollos, who only knew the baptism of John, right? But, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more here as we read the scriptures, right? But we cannot make the mistake of leaving out of our lives the baptism that Jesus brings, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, there is the importance of the baptism of John, repenting and coming to faith in Jesus Christ. But there is of the utmost importance as well that you be baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay? And look, it is so easy, and I understand this completely, it is so easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit. In other words, to simply say, well, you know, look at the way those people are acting. Look at the way they're behaving, you know, dancing with snakes or doing whatever they do. You know, all of these crazy things done in the name of the Lord and in the name of the Holy Spirit. It's so easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say, and, um, and just throw out the gifts of the Spirit and say, no, I don't want anything to do with that, or no, we're not going to do that, or whatever. Well, you're missing out on gifts that the Lord wants you to have. You know, and, and I'm not talking about making things manifest, just, just ways that the Lord wants to use you as an individual in your life that only the gifting of the Holy Spirit can bring to you, right? 
Let me jump on back into the reading here. So Paul said to them in verse three, um, into what then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism, which is what I've been talking about, right? Then Paul said, well, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. Um, I felt like I read that wrong. But let me read it again, just in case I did. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, capital H, speaking of Jesus, who would come after him, small h, John, that is on Christ Jesus. So they should believe on Jesus, Paul said. That's that baptism of John, right? But verse five goes on to say of these disciples, these men that um, Paul came upon in the city of Ephesus, it says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So this is the baptism of Jesus, right? And when Paul had laid hands on them, it said the Holy Spirit came upon them, which I believe is what happened that night with my wife. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now here again, we see tongues, okay? But we'll, we'll, I'll talk more about that. Again, Right. So I would then go from that time in my life, you know, after my wife came to faith in Jesus Christ and all of that, I would then begin to go on to preach faith in Jesus Christ and to also teach the Bible to people wherever and, and whenever I could. And this is why I still do it to, to this day. This is why I use this venue, use the internet, get on here to teach the Bible because I know the life-changing power of the Word of God and the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit, okay? But remember, John the Baptist himself said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Now listen to what John says here about Jesus. He said, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I didn't write the reference down on that, but I believe you'll find that in John chapter three. Uh, around there, chapter two, three, four, right in there. But he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Just like when Paul came upon these people, right? He more properly instructed them. But John said, but there's someone coming after me and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, right? So that changed life, that power of the word of God and the Holy Spirit coming upon you and giving you a new direction and a new path and maybe even a gifting. Like I said, at that time, uh, not only was it the gifts of the Spirit, but I, after that happened that night, I had just a strong urge to teach the Bible. And I began to do Bible studies. And as I mentioned earlier, um, and let me just go ahead and interject it again, I did um, record a whole teaching on the whole chapter of uh, Acts chapter 19 here, the whole chapter. Tonight, I'm not going through the whole chapter. I'm keep this abbreviated. But, you know, in that, I'll talk about what we're talking about tonight, but plus some other things. But, you know, I was going around, you know, back in, you know, 1987, doing Bible studies wherever, you know, uh, there was even a woman who was a street evangelist that um, my wife and I knew, uh, meaning she was just out on the street. She wasn't one of these yelling from the corner type people, but she was going out and it, it was, the Lord had gifted her to share the gospel with many people. And for her, it was a group of prostitutes that she had gathered together for Bible study from Phoenix. And, uh, 
she had me come out with my wife and we taught the Bible to them. So I was just filled with the Spirit and now beginning to use the giftings of the Spirit to do what he called me to do. And I do it by faith. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm a great speaker. I'm not a great speaker. I'm not very eloquent or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I just began to walk by faith in what he gifted me in and do what he called me to do, right? Now, let me take get back on this topic of speaking in tongues here. Because, as I mentioned, it is not the end-all, be-all gift of the Holy Spirit. It seems too often in many circles, right, of Christianity and many Christian circles that the gift of the Spirit that attracts all the attention seems to be of the fascination with the speaking in tongues. But it is not the only gift of the Spirit, nor is it the defining gift of the Spirit, right? The Apostle Paul made it clear himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that not everyone speaks in tongues. That's not, I mean, there's, there's many things that the Holy Spirit will use you for in different things. Why he gives that gift, why he gave that gift to me, I don't know, but I still do it to this day. Um, I still pray in that. And it's something that is edifying and exhortational in my own life. It's not something I'll do in front of anyone else. Um, it's a private thing. It's just me between me and God. Okay, again, I don't always share these kinds of stories with everybody. But so even though we read what we read about here in chapter 19, we must be careful to take into effect the whole counsel of the word of God, the Holy Bible. In other words, like I said, I pointed you back to another passage that says not everybody speaks in tongues, right? Not every believer is going to speak in tongues, right? But when we do take in the whole counsel of the word of God and we read it all, right? We don't just go. That's how so many religions and so many cults have been formed. People just picking scriptures out. People just taking scriptures out that they want to make their little pet peeve, their little pet doctrine, whatever, and, and, and build a church off of it, right? But you have to have the truth. Jesus said, you might remember, because um, I did talk about this on a Wednesday night not long ago, but uh, Jesus talked to the woman at the well about, he said, the time is coming and now is when true worshipers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. So you have two components there, right? You have the moving of the Holy Spirit, the working of the Holy Spirit in your life as a believer in Jesus Christ, and you have the truth of the Word of God, and you need them both. You need them both, right? So, and when you do read the Bible, you read the New Testament in its entirety, you'll find out there's many gifts uh, that the Holy Spirit can give, right? But what I want to stress to you in this particular teaching is that there is indeed the baptism of, that's the baptism from Jesus, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? And far too often, because like I said, people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, that is ignored. They want to stay away from that whole topic of the Holy Spirit, but it isn't nothing goofy. It isn't nothing weird. It isn't nothing ridiculous in behavior, though people do a lot of ridiculous things in the name of the Lord, don't they? All right. But if you get rooted and grounded in the Bible, the word of God, and you get, you, you found your life upon that, you will find that, that God is a God of decency 
and a God of order. He's not the God of chaos and confusion and shenanigans or sh what's that word? Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Thank you. See that? I told you I'm not eloquent. <laughs> but the Spirit of the Lord will speak to you though. And he will use you, will teach you, right? Will instruct you and will give you gifts that's needed for the way the will, the, the way the Lord wants to use you in this life, right? And that could be as a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker, right? It, it doesn't matter. The Lord, but the Lord can use you in, in every area of your life, and he will do so by the giftings of his Holy Spirit. And look, if you want more on the topic of the Holy Spirit, I do encourage you to go read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where the apostle, where the apostle Paul teaches on spiritual gifts, like I said, of which there are many, but like I said, far more than just speaking in tongues. And you, you may find that the Lord by his Holy Spirit, through you seeking him, will gift you, or maybe he already has gifted you with a spiritual gift. And maybe you're just not using it. Maybe you've smothered it. Maybe there's something in you, a desire within you that's something good that you can do because every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes from the Lord. If it's good and you know it's good and it's in line with what is good in the Bible, the Holy Spirit could be leading you to do it. And I encourage you to do that. Do that thing that which is good, right? Don't be afraid. Right, but if you if you, if you really just you must pursue, you know the apostle Paul tells us in First Corinthians as well that we should desire spiritual gifts. So it should be something that we desire and that we we go after. We we put our attention on that is right. Now let's move on. Verse seven. Now the men. Okay, so that was a long story about all that, right? But now the men were about twelve in all. These men that Paul had come upon these disciples, right? Um, so there were 12 of these guys. And in verse eight says that of Paul, that he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way. Now, let me pause right there and just tell you that if you're reading the New King James Version of the Bible, that word way has a capital W, you know, and that is because that is what the followers of Jesus were referred to in those days. They were called people of the way, right? So these people were speaking evil of being a follower of Jesus. And look, many people still do that and come up with all kinds of ridicule and all kinds of stuff against believers in Jesus. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until you, you can read about it in, uh, I believe, Acts chapter 11, um, where the, the disciples were, called, were first called Christians. At that time, they began to be called Christians, right? But here, this is, you know, Jesus is the way. These people were followers of the way. They were speaking evil of Jesus, speaking evil of these followers of Jesus. And it says, but when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Now, the school of Tyrannus was a school in which there was this man named Tyrannus who used his school to teach philosophy and such. And Paul was simply using this man's facility. He was teaching in the synagogues 
Now he's teaching in the school of Tyrannus, and he was using this man's facility to teach about the things of the kingdom of God, you know, as we read there in verse 8. And then verse 10 tells us this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from the body, from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them, it says. So, we see here that these miracles of God mentioned in verse 12 were, as it says there, these particular miracles were unusual. There were usual miracles that were happening. Paul talks about that as well, that we can be operating in the, like I say, the gifts of the Spirit, right? But there were miracles happening at that time that really were only happening during the time of the apostles. They were, and the scripture tells us that right here, plain and simple. It was unusual. Now, look, I don't know if you've ever seen this kind of stuff, the more shenanigans, right? But there is in our day today, right? people that get on television, televangelists, and they'll tell you that if you send them money, they'll send you a piece of cloth, a handkerchief of theirs, and that will heal you. It, it, you know, it, you can put it under your pillow and you'll sleep better and all of this foolish kind of stuff. Bible tells us right here, this stuff was unusual, you know? So keep your money, right? Because remember, the work of God can never be purchased with money. If you remember when we studied Acts chapter 8, there was a man named Simon who seemed to have come to faith in the Lord, but he tried to purchase the gift of the Holy Spirit from Peter and those guys, the apostles at that time, with money. He tried to give them money to give them the gifts of God. Peter said, your money perish with you, right? Because you can't buy the gifts of God. It's not about that. So beware when you see that type of stuff, shenanigans uh, going on, or shenantex, as my word was, right? <laughs> Verse 13 here says that, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches, also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did the same thing, or who did so, it says. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Think about that. The evil spirit saying this to, to, out of this people to these men. And then it says, then the, the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. So in other words, they heard about this, what was happening. What happened, it says, and fear fell on all them. In other words, reverence fell on them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Because look, it's what the, the Lord does that matters, not what these men try to drum up or what these women, these preachers that are out there and, and all the things that they try to do, you know. But unfortunately, look, there's, there's the real and there is the fake. And like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of fake that goes on in the name of Jesus. This is why I point you to the, the Bible right? To read it yourself, to find out, is this really true? 
look what this guy's saying. Even me, right? Even me when I'm teaching you something. Is it really true? Maybe I'm reading something wrong, right? So check, check me on it, right? But the fake is, well, here's how one thing you can know about the fake. You know, they're, they're always trying to get something from you for their benefit. And usually it's money, right? But the spirit of the Lord needs not the things of men to accomplish his work. He can do it without that. If you're properly taught the gospel, the word of God, then look, you, the Bible teaches this, that you can indeed bless that person that teaches you right, as the Holy Spirit leads you to do so, but be sure that you're, you are being properly taught because you can have the Holy Spirit within you teaching you so that you know, testifying of the word of God, testifying of the truth, right? You, but you need to seek the Lord for yourself and be in the word of God, the Holy Bible yourself, and when the Holy Spirit is truly working, you know what happens? Truth is revealed and lives begin to change. Look what we're going to read about starting in verse 18. It says, and many who believed came confessing and telling their deeds. This is when the Holy Spirit's working. Also, many of those who practice magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the Lord, or excuse me, says in verse 20, so the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Excuse me one moment, I need a drink. <clears throat> so the word of the Lord, verse 20 of Acts chapter 19, grew mightily and prevailed. And let me tell you something. This is what you really want happening in your life. You want to see the word of the Lord grow mightily and prevail within you to where you begin to be transformed and old things pass away and all things become new and you have the mind of Christ and the spirit of the Lord will lead you to repent as we see these people doing, to turn, to change your ways, to begin to think differently like I said, you become renewed in the spirit of your mind. You become transformed. I don't know if it was last Wednesday that I talked about that or if it was in a different teaching that I talked about that. But that's what the work of the spirit will do within you. So I'm going to stop here for tonight. And just to mention to you again, um, I did do a more complete teaching on the whole chapter 19 that is out on YouTube right now. And if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, even if you follow us on Facebook, um, I would ask that you help us to spread the word because of you know the algorithms of YouTube. If you get out there and you give these videos a thumbs up and and uh, you know you subscribe, it helps to spread these teachings, spread the word of God, spread the truth of the word of God. But the Holy Spirit can do it without me, so. If the Lord leads you, do it. If not, no big deal, right? But um, that teaching that I did post will include a lot of what we talked about tonight, but then I'm going to go through the whole rest of the, the rest of the chapter in that teaching. So um, you'll find some links if you go to YouTube. You'll find some links in the description of tonight's teaching, uh, plus actually the one that I posted 
earlier on the whole book of Acts. You'll find links where you can, you know, subscribe to our podcast or find us on YouTube and all of that kind of stuff. But all of that being said, I appreciate you guys being here and I'm not in a rush to go anywhere. So if anybody's got any comments or anything they'd like to say, Isaac Isaac Chapel says, shenantics. Yep, that's a new word. Look it up. Check me on it. But um, (laughs) so yeah, it's, it's real good to have you all out here. Like I said, hello, Jay and Becky and Gwen, Kevin, appreciate you all being here. Um, there are more of you out there than, than what's uh, confessing you're out there. But um, thank you all for being here. Kind of killing a little time just to see if some comments are going to, any more comments are going to come through. Kevin says, you two have a great weekend and stay safe. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate that. Isaac says, I got two questions, cessationism and another that is about the baptism of John that is discussed in chapter. I wanted to see if it is okay to ask them at this time or perhaps email better. I tell you what, just so maybe we can go into more detail, go ahead and email me those questions. Maybe I can spend a little more time on the answer there. But yes, thank you for that, Isaac. But yeah, do go ahead and email me on that, and I'll be happy to address that that way. Um, Gwen says, good night, and thank you for the birthday wishes. Your birthday is just about getting over. Gwen, what is it, 6, 9.43? So you got a couple hours left. So anyway, all right. Well, I'm going to let you guys go, but yes, Isaac, please do um, email me. God bless everybody, and we will see you next time.